Hi and welcome to episode 3 of Entrepreneur's Survival Guide. In this episode we look at the journey it took to get from being employed to self-employed and what was the reasoning, the motivations, why did I go through that journey and what was the outcome on the other side. So I hope you enjoy this story um, and I hope it inspires you in some way. Please do let us know, leave a comment, get in touch, love to hear from you. So it was 2009, I'd been working at Citibank, who'd overtaken, uh, bought out Egg Bank just a, just a few years back. And after working in various uh, departments across the bank, I had been leading teams and uh, managing, coaching, developing a whole range of different stuff. I'd now um, taken up a position as customer experience manager, helping to bring the values, the mission and the vision alive um, on the phone. In essence, taking these brand values and bringing them to life on the phone so that we met customer expectations. Over the last 10 years, I'd, I'd worked so hard, but I'd really wanted now, I wanted a tidal shift um, to rebalance the kind of the effort that I was putting in and the reward that I was getting out. In other words, I wanted to earn loads more money without much more work. I also wanted to do something more meaningful in my life like a lot of us do probably get to this stage, um, we want something more purpose than we were potentially getting from an employed job. We want to control our own destiny. Um, the banking world had become rather painful, really, in essence, and, and unpleasant to work in for a number of different reasons. One reason was because there was this thing happening, which we kind of didn't know it at the time, but it was, it was soon to become the financial crisis. Um, the worldwide financial crisis, quite a big thing in the end, really. And it was impacting our day-to-day -day work environment. Um, it was a challenge for everybody. Um, but it was particularly challenging if you worked in a place where you, you knew you was classed as what they would call a bad bank and um, that you wasn't helping people in the way that you potentially thought you were. Um, I'd, I'd been at, at Egg, like I say, for 10 years. Some might say man and boy, really, as such. Um, and... Egg had had this fantastic, amazing culture and invested heavily in developing its people. Don't get me wrong, for those that know the history of Egg, it had its fault, but one of them wasn't the amount of training, coaching or development it gave to its people. It was able to take, um, to find that spark in people and really support them in bringing it to life through the culture it had, through the training it provided, through the atmosphere, the camaraderie. Um, I met some of the most inspirational managers some of the most inspirational people while I was there and it changed my life profoundly it gave me such an insight into what work life could be like when you had purpose vision and you was all pushing towards the same goal um like I mentioned look, looking forward I wanted to be able to earn more more by doing something that I was passionate about whatever it was and I wasn't sure what it was I needed it to be something that inspired my son while securing our family's future and also being something that I was passionate about. So no small order, really. I, I wanted it all. The challenge was, in the banking world, going for promotion at City or a high-level job in another company would just dig me into deeper into an industry now that I no longer liked. The next level up would also mean sacrificing so much time with family. And that was something I wasn't prepared to do. Um, I just it just didn't feel right in my gut to continue looking for promotion in the corporate world. Lastly, I was scared to get a job elsewhere. 
I was really anxious about it. I can remember Egg had given us so much training, but none of it was based around formal qualifications. Um, and that left me really nervous about looking elsewhere because my CV, it had some great um, job titles on there, some great results I'd achieved, but there was no formal qualifications. Just again, relying back on those GCSEs I'd once got, uh, which were really not worth much at that age. Um, to make things worse I felt terrible because for the first time I wasn't passionate about the company that I worked for I'd been passionate about egg and and what that stood for and I loved all the people there the city don't get me wrong it was a good company to work for but it wasn't egg by any shape of the imagination and it it would moved away from being positive and motivational that was because I guess it had to live in a world of austerity and we had to be very focused on um getting very productive and becoming profitable again to make sure that it could continue unfortunately it didn't in the end um, but that's why in difficult times like that sometimes we forget what are the important things um, I felt really awful about the situation because I didn't know how to break free or find the passion and enjoyment I once had I, I, I don't get me wrong you know it was there somewhere, but I didn't really know how to tap into it before. Egg had, had what had helped brought it alive. So I was lost. I was in this sea of like, um, do, just doing a job for a job's sake. And I wasn't used to that. And that was very different. If I had started at City, it would have probably been amazing compared to a lot of other employers. But it wasn't something you was compared to. Then... I, then one day I went to um, hospital for one of my routine transplant checkouts. When I, when I say routine, it'd been eight years and that life of being on dialysis and regular hospital um, treatments had, had almost a distant memory really as such, long passed away. And uh, I'd go to clinic and I'd, I'd get a set of results and walk out again smiling full of gratitude for the, the gift I'd been given. This time I walked in and I, I sat down um, just to the right of Dr. Lung in this small office. So I can't see their screen. They, they like it so you can't see their screen and you're just facing directly at them. Um, we exchanged the usual pleasantries and I had a bit of a laugh. He's a very funny chap. Um, uh, it's always great to see him. He asked me how I was and I replied, OK, maybe a little underweather, maybe a bit tired. But generally I felt, felt fine really as such. Honestly, I was feeling lethargic and run down, but I generally thought this was just now be due to being in a job that I didn't like and being demotivated. Um, and then, so Dr. Long looked at me and went, mm, okay. And then explained that my blood results didn't look as good as it had done in the past. Um, and I'd need to have them redone. And I was quite blase about the situation, if I'm honest. I kind of said, fine, no worries. Chuck us the new blood test uh, forms and I'll, I'll be on my way and I'll get them redone. It must have just been mistaken. He was having a very different opinion. His, his body language changed and his face uh, kind of changed. And um, he went on further to explain that really they were bad enough that I needed to be admitted there and then. Um, I was devastated, scared. I sat there trying to contemplate for a minute and he, he led me out of that room and he, he, he put me in this other room. It was um, kind of like a, a family waiting room and it just looked out. He's on the fourth floor at the hospital and he looked out onto these little garden areas and uh, I was all by myself because there was there was no reason to take anybody with me. I'd driven there. I'd parked up in the car park and I was um I was really scared. Um all of a sudden everything started to flash before my eyes. The the security and certainty of um a fully healthy body and uh, everything started to disappear and what if and what 
started to pound through and me being me one of the funniest things i was most worried about how much the blooming uh, car park was going to cost because i was dusting a short a short stay car park and i didn't know what to do about that at all and my world collapsed beneath me and i smile about it now but i was not smiling at the time i'm sure we've all had similar situations my future was changed in an instant I was admitted to hospital and had some emergency tests and, and an emergency operation. Overall, I, I ended up stopping in the hospital for four, um, being off work for four months, and one of those months was um, taken up being in hospital. And all of this time off, there was massive job cuts going on back at the uh, city. And whilst obviously not publicly, I, in, in, a, in a secret way, I was probably moving up the list of people to be on that uh, redundancy list. Um, and got rid of um, not that there's any proof to that but I'm sure if there's ways and means isn't there I'm sure we're all aware of it and and during the time when I was at hospital though um, and I'll tell you why that didn't particularly worry me about what was happening back at the bank this light bulb moment happened I was I was sitting in a hospital bed I, I had plenty of time to dream and plan my future <laughs> decidedly I remember um, always thinking that my hospital bed was up the top of some stairs and around the right but apparently we was on the ground floor and uh the painkillers were just really messing with my head and it really messed with my head when i came to leave and i was like where are all the steps down and my wife kelly said they're not we're on the ground floor and i was like really confused but anyway i started while i was back in the, on that hospital bed i started reading different books and um and listening to audio books and things like that. So there's one book about how, how to know your strengths and work towards your strengths. And I particularly remember re -re, uh, listening to Tony Robbins' Personal Power of Him. And the, the weird coincidence, and you'll not be surprised to hear this, but they were all said that creating a, a fantastic future means doing something that you love doing. And to create your path for life, you have to design it on purpose and often after school life and such like, we tend to forget that dream. We tend to um, allow it to be done to instead of doing to the world. And that became very apparent that I'd kind of started to go along with the flow and I'd enjoyed it and I had a great time and got promotions and life was good. But rather than me directing a lot of life, life was directing me. Um, so the message was I had to work to my strengths, I had to find something that I loved and I had to take control of my own destiny if I wanted to get the things like the secure future, the legacy for my son, be inspired, not be working in a place I didn't like and if I didn't like it I had the power to change it and um, that power had definitely disappeared back in my job. So searching through all of my career I found the, the common thread that I um, really enjoyed so i looked for what did i think i was good at what did people tell me that i was good at what did i enjoy the most what did i see the most results at and the common thread was always using coaching skills to help other people achieve their goals and overcome challenges and achieve do things that they thought they weren't able to do either because they were too nervous they had a limiting belief they they were scared they were anxious they didn't have the confidence they didn't have the training whatever it might be, finding solutions for them, finding pathways for them to achieve those things. So the foggy future now become crystal clear. To create the life I wanted, I could set up my own coaching business. The answer was in making money from coaching people to reach their goals and overcome their challenges. It's so simple. 
it quickly dawned on me I needed to learn um, how to be self-employed and, and run a company and I also need some form of qualification and structure to my own coaching business. All that plan formulated in my mind and I, I knew going back to work I could probably quickly manoeuvre myself towards redundancy. It happened to be, I, I remember going back and um, boss did a return to work and asked what to do and she said well so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing this and um, all of all of my job had kind of been put out to other people and wasn't being offered back to me so it was natural that I wasn't needed anymore now that didn't feel great for starters um, it was awful to go back to work but in the back of my mind I was happy with it in a way I was comfortable with it shall we say because I knew it wasn't where I wanted to go anyway. Um, so yeah, in late 20, uh, 2009, um, I left with almost exactly a, a year's salary to my name and um, to enable me to get my business up and running as well. Now, people often say ignorance is bliss and I, I can't tell a lie. This is partly what allowed me to take action back in those days. I had no fear because I had no, I hadn't even given thought to the what ifs. It, it was just such a determined, I can do, I've, I'm going to do this and it's going to work and it's going to happen. And I didn't start to think of all the downfalls. Um, I don't know why that is. And once I put my finger on that, I'll definitely do something to explain it to other people. But you know when people say act as if um, you have no fear or act as if tomorrow is your last day, um, which I always find a little bit weird because if tomorrow is my last day, I definitely wouldn't do any work. Um, but act as if you have no fear. That's what I did then. And I did it so unconsciously. And um, in recent years, that's not been true. I've often considered the downfalls and the pitfalls, and that sometimes held me back and caused me to procrastinate. Anyway, back in 2009, that wasn't happening. We got the redundancy. I was off. Year's salary is going to change the world, change people's lives. It was always going to be bliss and amazing. Um, I learned that it, it can seem straightforward to do, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. It can be quite simple, but it's not easy. I went into self-employment believing the field of dreams, that if you build it, and if you've not seen the, the film Field of Dreams, please go and watch it. But I believe, just like that film teaches, if you build it, they will come. Boy, was I wrong, so wrong. You need to take massive action, and, and not in probably the areas that you think. Constantly taking marketing action every single day. Um, most small business owners still, even after years of existence, will really be a best kept secret. Some of them offering such amazing services and products and, and their passion for providing great customer service and doing great things to help people is often not shown to other people really the way it should because we don't do the marketing that we should do. We hate promoting ourselves. We hate often talking about ourselves. Um, you can't afford to sit back and wait for people to knock on your door, especially when you don't even have a door for them to knock at. You know, most people are help as service providers these days, and that's because they hope people will find them or come across them, and they don't. You don't have a door for people to knock at. They're not walking past. You need to show them a door. When you launch, it's like being um, these days, it's like launching a shop. If you're a service provider, this is, and you don't have a shop. It's like having a shop on a, on a back alley, on a back alley of a back alley. You know, it's so far back, people don't know it's there. And even the worst 
competitor can set up and if they set up at the front of the high street they're going to win and if you don't fight and battle your way to the front you're never going to get there so as a result of learning that i looked for someone i knew i needed a qualification in coaching um and i needed more of a kind of a a ready-made solution for me so that i could get going and start moving my shop from that back back of the high street high street to the front as a result, um, I found a chap called Neil Asher. I'm not even sure if he's around. I might look up after this to see if he's still around. And, and he provided a coaching uh, course. It was called New Insights Coaching. And not only did that include a, a qualification that was recognised by the Association of Coaching and um, I forget the name of it now, the International Coaching Federation. That was it. Um, it provided all the marketing solution. Um, it provided how to go out there and it showed you the path you know a b c d e f g perfect exactly what i needed and and despite its significant investment i can remember looking at the price and it sent out this big posh brochure and um had lots of different examples in it a fantastic sales letter in essence now is the technical term that you give to it um i was really daunted you know it's 1500 quid plus and that was a large chunk, really, I guess, out of my redundancy package. But I knew it was the answer at the time. I knew it's first, it's definitely the first stepping stone towards where I needed to be anyway. So despite its significant investment, I purchased the complete solution. Not telling my wife, I don't think, at the time. And I'm pretty certain I didn't, and I can imagine why. Um, I knew if I purchased it, I'd go ahead and, and just make it work. Until it came, I was nervous I was being ripped off. I, I can't tell a lie. Um, but when it arrived, it was it was kosher. It was it was well done. It was well printed out. The templates, the forms, the process, the system. It was a it was a good course, including the videos role playing what how you should do things and what you should do. So it's pretty awesome. And it gave me all the tools I needed to venture into the world and start talking to people. Suddenly, I was back. I was focused. Act. I was taking focused action and 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 moving my business towards where it needed to be. So the plan based around the course and, and my dream and my desire was that I'd start providing one-to-one coaching over the phone um, whilst going through each module of the course. So kind of learning, doing some learning, then application of the learning um, and then reviewing, you know, a classic learning style. So I started studying the course and offering my services to, for friends, family for, um, and old colleagues for free. That helped give me the experience that I needed um, and also enabled me to gain the um, hours of coaching to become qualified. But I didn't didn't stop there. I started going to networking events, which was a new experience to me and I was quite uncomfortable because whilst you meet new people in the corporate world all the time, new people come, new people join, there's a commonality, there's there's a shared vision, there's a shared mission. You know who they are in terms of their job role, their status, their position. This networking was new because everybody had their own different versions of different goals and different missions. And I was never really good around strangers. You know, too many old school memories came flooding back. And there, was, um, there was also still a problem. So I had a handful of paying clients now, but it wasn't enough. And I, I didn't like coaching over the phone coaching over the phone then it just wasn't personal for me at the time video calling wasn't easy zoom and skype and all those kind of things they were uh not easy to use and internet speeds were rather slow compared to what they are today and and networking events the obvious happened you might say um i started meeting business owners and, and to build 
rapport with those business owners rather than talk at them and try to sell them. I just did what was natural to me. I guess it's this coaching background. I just asked questions about them and their their business. And my question question led me to learn that most small business owners don't have enough systems and processes in place to be able to coach. Now, I was surprised to learn um, that a lot didn't feel it would help them to do things like people development, incentive schemes, goal setting, one-to-one meetings, marketing strategies, sales tactics, um, observation and coaching reviews and forward planning, to name just a few of the areas that most, if not all small business owners that I came across, they weren't they either hadn't heard of them at all or they'd heard of them and thought they were for big businesses and not for them. And and this was a massive alien world to me because I'd seen the massive impact that it could have on people's lives and customers' experience and what you can get customers to buy from you when you do all these sort of things. Um, I'd seen some great examples of that. I appreciate that earlier on I'd said um, that egg banks no longer around and if all this stuff worked really well then egg should surely still be around. But there's a lot of other circumstances. Egg would have been gone a long, long before that and it would never even been one of the world's first internet banks um, if it hadn't done all these things. I'm trying to really backpedal a little bit on there. But seriously, it, you know, these strategies that some of the corporates implement are ideal for small businesses. In fact, small businesses can learn so much from doing them. So I had internal um, doubts and conflicts that I hadn't set up my business model correctly. I, I wanted to coach people, but before you can coach someone to improve their need, they need to learn the fundamentals. It's a bit like trying to coach a baby to speed walk before they've learned to walk. You need to understand that basic stuff before you can then coach them to self-determine and self-develop and be self-aware and improve themselves and support that journey. Um at this point, I guess we could have a, a debate about what coaching is and where it lies in, you know, between the teaching, training, telling, supporting, questioning, opening. Um, but I think Ken Blanchard's um, model uh, works very well um, in this and I've, I've hopefully leave a link in the blog on how to have a look at that. So anyway, understanding the challenges business owners were faced with and what I was offering caused uncertainty about my business model. This uncertainty caused me to change direction. Instead of coaching people on improving themselves, I would implement strategies for them that would skyrocket their business. Once the basics were in place, I could coach them on optimization and how to go up to the next level. Strangely, this this felt really comfortable and, and, and right and and the correct thing to be doing even though I hadn't set off on this course um, purposefully it was kind of happening slightly organically changing business direction was not easy though initially but I progressed onwards Near, nearly a year had gone by and my redundancy pay was starting to dry up it was 11 and a half months in I can remember being sat at home doing some more marketing um, talking to some more people but it, it kind of I wasn't clear on my message and you can always improve my message. I know my message isn't perfect today. I'm always looking to fine tune it and improve it. Um, really taking that desire of helping other people into a message that people can hear because the world out there is so loud and busy with marketing message at the moment. How do you, when you are such a genuine person that you want to do such a great thing, how do you get yourself heard above everybody else? And this podcast is part of this and 
hopefully it's inspiring you to find some ways to get your message heard. So I mean, redundancy was starting to dry up and you can imagine how daunting that might be when you've got no other income. Inside, I was bubbling away with business ideas that could help small business owners copy strategies from big business into the small world. I just knew, to, and I, I know to this day that so many small businesses owners could overcome massive challenges if they took on these marketing and business strategies. But um, it, so, it fell on deaf ears slightly. Maybe it was because how young I was, how young I looked, my communication method, or the name of the business even. I wasn't sure at the time, I was quite naive to it all. And it getting so frustrated that I thought I'd about giving it all up. And something stopped me. Maybe it was pride, stupidity, whatever it was, I kept going. I thought if I could offer services that would make it possible for small business owners to implement strategies and tactics from vast business world, they would be massively successful and it would change everyone's life for the better. Their life for the better, their customer's life, their employee's life and my life and my family's life. Everybody wins. After nearly 12 months and spending almost every penny redundancy, not to mention working the 12 hour days, I finally landed the ideal client I was looking for. It was perfect. He was amazing. We, 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 we was a great fit together. He had um, so many of the challenges that we could fix and really help. And like a snowball rolling into an avalanche, once one client came on board, other clients came along and it was all about keeping the faith, keeping the action, keeping moving. And I can now help clients scale their business by putting solid customer and employee development strategies together. Although we focus predominantly on marketing solutions for people because that's the starting point. If you can't get them in, you've got no business to keep going. So I want to help right at the beginning there and that's where I focus most of my efforts today. And now I've been self-employed for nearly 10 years and all of this has been focused on helping small business owners to grow. I've helped business owners sell their business for over millions of pounds and exit. I've coached dozens and dozens of companies to smash their revenue targets and brought some businesses back from the brink of collapse. And I can put the numbers in there and, you know, 40% growth from revenue and profit year on year for these this client and this client. But they could all be made up. So the numbers are almost pointless, but they're there. I wouldn't be here 10 years later if they weren't, would I? Um, Anyway, I'm not saying that to boast, I'm just saying sharing it to show that it's possible and that you can achieve when you take the right action in the right way. So Success Academy's developed and grown to now offer a wide range of done-for-you marketing solutions and coaching services so that business owners, depending on what level they're at, we can either take all the problems away from them and do it for them, or if um, they're at a different stage of their business life, we can provide the coaching, the training, the development, the documents, the foundations that they need to go and do it for themselves. And it all helps them to reach their full potential. After creating Success Academy, I've been able to lay the foundations of building something inspirational for my son. I've also been able to start building a legacy and security for my family's future. And whilst it's not all been easy, it's not all been fun. It's been mine and I've enjoyed it and I'm enjoying it and I continue to look forward to what the future brings. In the end, it all means I'm now able to control my own destiny. And if I'm able to do it with my skills and my ability, I'm sure you are too. Thank you very much for listening. I look forward to episode four. Take care. Bye bye.